Today's episode of the Meet the Break podcast is powered by Northwest Pizza and Pasta, where if you think the pizza is good, try hands down, hands down, hands down the best wings in the valley. Nobody, and I mean nobody, does wings like NWP. Order now online for takeout or delivery. Pull up and tell a Meet the Break podcast sent you and give our big brother more love when you're in the building. Today's episode of the Meet the Brave podcast is powered by Uplifters, black cultural strategy company powered by our brother John L. Sion. And, and they have recently dove in creating original content, starting with their hit series, Winning Formula, executive produced by our very own Alexius Franklin of Let's Bubble Productions. Be sure to tap in and find out all the things culture, strategy, moving forward, plans. Like it's not, I, I think I told you that. My favorite part about Winning Formula isn't, the show itself, it is really and truly that every conversation lends itself to solutions. And there aren't enough shows about that. Salute to uh, Kevin Allen for pointing that out in the space of podcasts and people making all these shows. People don't really have plans, but every guest you guys have had, including myself, (laughs) have been uh, focused on the solutions. And I really, really appreciate that. So, Follow Uplifters, there's no vows. Get over there to IG, visit them online for all original content, merch, and uh, event calendar as well to figure out where they'll be next for their domino activations. Um, today's episode of the Meet the Brave podcast is powered by the Reef Studios, studio in downtown Oakland, where multi-tracking, music, podcast, audiobook, you name it, it can be done. And they also have a very, very dope series coming soon, powered by our brother Joji Jaren. Y'all know him as the beatmaker extraordinaire for Larry June, myself, Grand National, um, Spoke Breeze, some of your favorite MCs in the Bay. Uh, so tap in the Reef Studios for all your studio needs. And don't be a lame if you want your shit to sound and look the way our shit do, man. Tap into the source. You can get it from the creators themselves. B. Simmons, OG Jaren, myself, Lou, happy to serve the community of Oakland and the creative community in the greater East Bay. Today's episode of the Meet the Brave podcast is powered by Let's Public Productions, our very own Alexius Franklin, director, writer, filmmaker, storyteller, you name it. It could be done if you partner with the right people and let's bubble Alexius Franklin and crew just so happen to be those folks. With that being said, let's start the show. Hello y'all. This is Brittany nation, the newest member to the, the meet the brave squadron. Um, I would first like to say that I feel real judged. Um, <laughs> I feel like the last couple of weeks I've been getting called toxic. Um, <laughs> and I've been able to defend myself. So that's that's disrespectful um you know what i'm saying I, f- I feel like my response to that is you know i'm not toxic you know i'm just misunderstood baby you know what i'm saying like is there all toxic nigga sayings nah. um but in that vein you know what i'm saying i'm going to actually keep it a little pg so y'all stop judging me um but i i, I had three i guess things that i was really sitting with and thinking about this week um The first one being, do men naturally hold the same value in being a partner as they do in having a partner? Um, And this was definitely something I wanted to get the opportunity to ask the guys, so I'm very open to hearing their take on it. Um, But what sparked the idea is that I was watching an HBO series called, I think, Scenes of Marriage or Scenes from Marriage. And... um, I was so drawn to it because there was just something about it that immediately made me go like, they're going to be 
talking about the complexities and the nuances and the difficult the difficulties around um, being in a long-term committed relationship with another human being through many stages of evolution um, of self like to to really be with somebody for you know 15 20 30 40 years and working through um, the amount of times you change and and just I don't know I feel like when you've really done growth you understand how like that growth is so difficult and it's so messy and it's so challenging um, that they were going to really be able to show that side of it as well uh, which they did they killed it <laughs> it was it was a great series um, I think I'm one episode away from finishing it but it was really really intricate and complex it was shot beautifully too um, which is also really dope but I, neither neither here nor there <laughs> um the context of how I got to that specific question was really um they were sitting the first scene of it they were sitting at on, on their couch it was a husband and a wife they're holding hands and they're being interviewed by a grad student and so for a little bit of context the husband is a um he's a professor at a college and he's also the um almost like primary caregiver, I guess you would say, because he spends a lot more time at home with a daughter uh, because he his like schedule is significantly more flexible. And the wife is a, uh, they don't, I don't know if they ever say what she does, but she's definitely like a businesswoman um, who's at work significantly more often. So I thought that that angle was gonna be interesting about how they then went to go explore that. Um, but the person interviewing them asked the question, how do you define yourselves? Like individually, how do you define define yourselves? And I thought it was so interesting. It was so well, well written because I could tell it was intentional by whoever the writer was. But it was so interesting to me that the husband started listing things to define himself. And he said um, he defines himself as a man, uh, Jewish, an academic, an intellect, the father of their daughter. Um, and I think like one more other thing. And they kind of pan out and they ask her the same question. You can see her being a little bit uncomfortable and she's answering the question and it was, and she answered it as I'm a woman. I am a partner to her husband. I am a mother. And then she starts to list, I think one or two things that are more specific to her. So like, I, I think she said something about her business and then maybe, maybe her culture, but I don't, I don't really remember what the last one was. Um, and it was, it was cute to me or not cute. I guess it, it was smart to me that then they have this moment where the lady who's interviewing them asks, is there any, is there anything else you'd like to add to that list? And you can tell that there is this like weird, uncomfortable tension coming from the wife, but the husband is low-key like oblivious <laughs> to it um and they say no, no no we're good and they go on and so I just thought it was very interesting that at no point in his list did he identify himself as her partner and I also thought it was interesting that the only time he his identification was in the context of another person um, was when he talked about his daughter and it was almost the last thing on the list. So like to identify as someone's father means I'm identifying myself through the context of having a relationship with this other human. And the only time he did that was at the very end of his list. And it was in reference to his kid. 
And the wife, on the other hand, outside of like identifying as a woman first, her first two ways that she identified herself was in the context of somebody else. So her a partner to him and then a mother to their, their daughter. And I just thought this is really interesting. So it made me think like, do men value being a partner as much as they value um, having a partner? And that's really not a shot at men. That's really me like trying to understand that, that question because it also was super interesting to me. I thought later when watching the show, um, sorry, spoiler alert, but <laughs> she ends up having an affair. And you can, and at some point, you know, she, she, they actually leave each other. And then that whole kind of navigating the relationship around co-parenting and the emotions with that and all of that stuff. Um, and you also, as it plays out, you also can tell that like, she feels really, really lost and not to say that she feels lost because, um, you know, she had an affair, but like, as you look at her character development, you could tell she's just really trying to like grasp at it and she makes this comment about how she's like I know that I will always be by myself like I always know I'll feel lonely and and on this island but I just thought it was so interesting to to think that the person who identified themselves most through the context of their relationship to something else that was outside of them um was the person who almost struggled the most and I thought that that was a really beautiful depiction and also really interesting way to show that. Um, and I think as definitely as women, I think we do, we're naturally socialized to find our value and to find our definition literally of who we are by really in context or in relationship to these other things, like to being a mom and being this parent to, to our kid or kids and having a partner and having this quote unquote successful relationship. And so it was just, it was just a really interesting way to look at it. And I thought that they, they approached it really well. Um, yeah, I don't know. It just, it kind of just rocked me because I was like, dang, like I, I, it also speaks to like, I think men sometimes are more socialized to have a little more identification of self first versus women being maybe more socialized to identify outside of themselves first and like first before they get to like these things that are specific to them um but it was it was just really interesting <laughs> and I was like you know um I wonder how how men look at that and it was also interesting to me that the husband as the person who identified with a lot of things within himself first um was also the most content in their relationship between the two of them um which you know that's it's interesting what that what that may kind of mean and lean towards so that was my first one um my my second one was um actually I'm gonna I'm gonna drop the second one because I, I think that needs more con way too much context so I'm just do two and then get out of here um, my second one was, does total freedom always look crazy from the outside in? And what I mean by that is obviously when we think of freedom, I think we, de we definitely think about, you know, financial freedom because of what that allows us to have, right? Like 
having the ability to not stress about money or not stress about living paycheck to paycheck or where your next this or that is coming from, for sure. It allows a certain level of freedom of time and and uh, the ability to kind of like move and think differently and relax more and all of that. But also really, I mean, the freedom of from like subconscious programming and societal norms because I think it's it's really really difficult to go against societal norms and the amount of um the amount of confidence and groundedness and self-love that it would take to do that is really difficult because we have to like operate in a society every single day and so a lot of people can go around being like I don't give a fuck what anybody else thinks I don't believe that any, very, not any, I think very few human beings actually mean that. I think a lot of people think that's the thing to say. Um, But every day we show ways in which we actually do care about how society is going to view us. Um, And so I was just wondering, like, if you ever were able to get to a point where you literally lived life exactly how you would want to a hundred percent how you would want to without having to care how anybody else felt about it without having to care about how people are going to look at you um the shame that happens i had a really great conversation with somebody around the different ways in which men and women experience shaming in our society um and how how we experience it so differently and um I just was thinking like to actually be free and to be free from all of that. What does that what does that look like? And then do you just have to accept that everyone is going to think that you're kind of crazy? Because I think to operate consistently within societal structures and constraints is where we get this idea of what it means to be normal. And so for somebody to operate outside of it, I think inherently we're gonna call them weird or crazy because norms are decided upon <laughs> um, by I guess the, the masses, a collective group of people. That's what we decide is quote unquote normal, right? And to really, really be free, do you have to always look crazy? And is there a way to do it or, or the idea of freedom is going to inherently include that you'll always look crazy and you'll always look wild because you just literally want your freedom. And you want it more than you want anything else in this lifetime. So yeah, I thought that was really interesting. <laughs> I I can't pretend like I, I don't care about what other people think. In a lot of ways, um, I care less now, the older I get and the more work I do on myself. But even even on shows, like I'm always considering this idea of like, I have to represent my family a certain way. I have to represent myself in a certain way. There's a lot of ways in which sometimes you move and you think about like, you have to weigh like what your desire is and what you would want to do and how you can approach it and enter it versus like how something's going to look. And you have to really weigh those two out and go like, is this thing that I'm desiring worth 
how I know people are going to look at me because they are not actually in the situation. Um, and really having to figure out like, what do you do with that? <laughs> and is it even worth it? Like, is this thing you're desiring even worth it? Um, because you know that operating in this is going to cause so much like issue and shame associated with it. And I think about that stuff, even on the simplest of things, like, dang, like even like posting a story or something on Instagram, like I literally, I'm also an overthinker as we all probably know. Um, but even that, like, I just be like, well, like if I do this, how's this going to look? How's it going to be perceived? How do I put this in a way that's going to be perceived by somebody else in the right way? And that's something so trivial versus a bunch of other things in life that are like significantly less trivial. So I just wonder, does freedom always look crazy? And I am LG. And we back and we back and we back. Uh, back doing this stream of consciousness because uh, we're remote um, in separate locations. Money's out doing his uh, superhuman shit. Um, and, you know, Lex is doing his stuff as well. Uh, so us doing things separately this week, uh, we were able to get together and do one of these, of course. Not quite sure what they're going to do, but it definitely uh, look forward to it. Um, have a few things this week uh, that comes to mind. Uh, pardon me. Um, I did want to acknowledge uh, just at least myself. Um, I know when we do the whole health wellness um, at the beginning of our uh, pods, um, I'm always with the I'm good, um, which I am, which I am. Um, but, uh, you know, in a stream of consciousness, I got a chance to um, expound a little bit um, just with, the, with myself and what I'm dealing with. Um, for me personally, uh, shoot, the last six years or last five years, um, August, September, well, not really August, it was just August this year, but September, October is like my hard, is my hard months. Um, it's like, uh, it's like, I would say, kind of say it's it's your season or uh, whatever way you want to put it. Um, but um, I experience a ton of like uh, fleeting thoughts and um, man, like clouded, just cloud a clouded mind um, during that period. Uh, so uh, this year it, it, it tapped in um, really around August um, and not realizing it um, just like, you know, slowly dwindling, you know, um, and not really picking up on it uh, to the point that it it got to um, uh, where I really could, I really didn't, I couldn't access a lot of my mind, unfortunately. Um, I went through, I went through really bad uh, writer's block um, and, you know, communication, what, communication is a little off uh, where, you know, I could be saying something, but it then I'll just be off course um, or uh, be very quiet and like not, I don't know. It's not so much that, you know, like a, a poor communication or anything like that on my end. It's really just accessing um, and it was a little difficult to do so. Uh, so, um, I mean, it's carried over, I'm pretty sure, uh, from a listener standpoint, um, on a pod where I know I've been um, pretty quiet. Um, you know, and saying things few and far between, which, you know, for the most part, that's kind of like the vibe of our pod anyway, um, is that I can provide some of this, um, like, 
introspective uh, thoughts around some of the things that are going on in the world uh, from a different angle. Uh, that's kind of the uh, approach that I have to life anyway. Uh, but I haven't been able to really do much of that accessing lately. Uh, so unfortunately, it's um, it's really, um, I don't know, man, like it's for me personally, I, I've I've. I do want to shout out, so I'm not going to do a name, but I do want to shout out a friend of mine. Uh, she did um, she did some really cool things uh, that, you know, I would never ask for. Um, and she would and you know, she just she just, you know, did a few things. And that was that was dope um, and kind of brought it to my attention as well, uh, just from her angle, what she saw. Um, just as a friend, of course. And it was it was dope. Um that um, it helped me um, get to the get to the the crest of like what I was feeling and what I and what was going on uh, because it was elusive, you know. Um, that was one of my topics this week um, was um, happiness, uh, happiness being elusive, and um, this has been something that I've pondered or just um, deep dove on. Um, a bit, just a, a, a good amount to, around the, the topic of happiness um, and um, how, for the most part, um, happiness is elusive because it's not um, it's not in front of you or behind you. It's, it's, it's present moment. So it's, it's, it's at that in your current state, um, you are happy. Um, so that can change, you know, and you can become sad, you can become angry, um, you can become a bunch of different emotions. Um, so that's the reason why it's, it's, um, it's elusive is that it, it doesn't, you don't stay in that euphoric moment. Uh, so it makes you, um, you know, it, it makes you gra grab, grab, try to grasp um, how to um, hold on to that for longer periods of time. And that's where the elusiveness comes in at. Um, so uh, for me, um, I've really been diving into, um, you know, what would what truly make me happy, um, given that uh, my life was so abruptly uh, changed from what I expected or what I thought, um, which is, um, you know, that's something that a lot, you know, everybody has, um, certain aspects of their life that, uh, switch up or change. Um, but when it's abrupt, um, you're, and you're caught off guard, you're, um, you spend, um, if you have the opportunity to allow time to do what it does, um, then you get to, you get to come across a lot of different emotions to in in search of um, happiness again. You know what I mean, and that um, is something that um, I've struggled with, um, and it's not on any um, it's not on anything that's like. Um, <laughs> like there's a, like there's a SOS um, there's SOS notice or anything like that uh, notification that's going out for this or uh, anything like that. Um, it's more so just real talk for uh, for just being a human being and having feelings and um, you know I think a lot about um, you know how the media 
um, is portraying uh, Kyrie right now um, as he's going through um, a good amount of like, um, you wouldn't say, I don't know if, if you would say a spiritual um, awakening or uh, just being a human being um, and how things change um, constantly. Um, just being able to voice that and when your voice is taken away or people are uh, speaking, trying to speak for you, uh, then I can see where the frustration and the, um, and the irritation uh, could come in. And um, for me, I mean, I only speak for myself, of course, but for me, um, I don't think that you uh, you have to you know, cater to any any way that anybody uh, thinks or feels about you, um, which is a beautiful thing of you being who you are. Um, and me personally, um, given that, you know, there's a bunch of different iterations of me out there from just people that have come in contact with me. Um, and the current version of myself is completely... Uh, different from any of those iterations, um, and it's it's constantly doing um, a change, which is can which can be um, which can lead to like a little. Uh, it can it can lead to some evasiveness just because it because of the um, the lack of consistency. So it kind of throws people off, of course. Uh, but um, given uh, my experiences, um, I don't believe that I. Um, that I'm responsible or um, or I have to uh, cater to anybody's uh, specific um, iteration of myself. Um, and that's that's where um, a lot of this comes from. And I'm sorry if I'm babbling a little bit or just rambling. Uh, this is literally how my brain has been uh, for the last like two, three months. And that's the reason why I've been less and less um, uh, open to communicating um, in this in this form. The, the free form works for me because I can just babble. Um, but in doing a show with um, other people that you hi- highly respect their um, their intelligence and also their um, their minds, um, you allow them to uh, just do um, you know what makes the show be great um, while you're working through whatever the hell it is that you're trying to pinpoint what the, what the fuck that is. So, um, that's just, that's just kind of me. Uh, but yeah, so I'll get into my topics, but I definitely want to talk about that happiness, elusive, elusive, uh, topic, uh, because that's, um, it's interesting. It's something I'm constantly trying to get a hold of. So I don't know if other people are, are like that as well. So if you are, you know, you're not the only one, just want to give you a heads up on that. Um, that these things are happening to plenty of people. So you're not alone in that case. Um, uh, B had a great um, a great question for this week uh, for me to tap into a little bit. Uh, does everyone deserve the same amount of empathy? If not, what's the defining factor in whether someone deserves more or less? First, a great question. Um on the deep on the deep level um like 
truly introspective of it, if you're just talking in the grand scheme of things as human beings, um, everyone deserves empathy, um, the exact same amount. Um, and you're a beautiful human being if you can provide the exact same amount of empathy across the board, regardless of um, what people do to you um, or have done to you or have done to you know, people that you love. Uh, if you can, that's kind of where like the... Uh, the topic of uh, forgiveness comes in. Um, it's a beautiful thing if you can. Um, and shout out to those who can, because I like it's it's something that I battle with. But uh, for me personally, I'm way too. I'm 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 not at that stage, you know, um, where everyone receives um, empathy across the board. For me, um, say that has to do with experience, of course. Uh, for mine, uh, for things that I've gone through. Um, and what separates who receives what amount of empathy, um, I have a really good um, intuition, you would say, or feeling uh, for people that are naturally good human beings. And that's not saying that, oh, this person flies straight and does everything correctly um, or does everything by the book. Um, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about genuine human beings that are genuinely being themselves. Then I find myself being more empathetic towards them in that state. Um, it's the people that are posing. I can find a poser. I can I can sniff for it, not sniff, but I can see a poser from a mile away. Um, or someone that's trying to get close for a specific reason. Um, or uh, someone that needs needs the lesson um, in order to grow. Um, those are things that I would say separates who receives um, who receives what amounts of empathy that is given out. You know, um, I think that um, I think that. People overall are good and truly want to do good. But I think due to the amount of distractions that we have and the and how I mean, I, I'm, I'm born and raised in the U.S. So um, how everything is um, is centered around individual individuals and individual wants and needs instead of the uh, collective and the greater good, um, then people tend to do things um, outside of their character in order to A, fit in, um, or B, um, uh, gain, noti gain notice or uh, to be noticed, to uh, gain attention. Um, and those are things that um, I have a hard time um, giving empathy towards i don't i don't want to go as far as like you know people who are you know rapist killers um all of the you know the worst things that you could possibly do um which i still believe that if you're if you're a rapist then i a rapist child molester any of those things do anything towards um, children and women I think you, we should bring back stoning. Um, that's just me personally. I'm sorry, that was a thought that came out of nowhere, but I forgot I need to say it. Um, 
uh, I think pub the public or the family should just be able to just continuously throw rocks at you, whatever size too. It could be a big ass boulder or it could be the, a little ass pebble that just keeps pegging your ass in the middle of the forehead until you pass away. Either one, I don't care. I don't, it, it could be whatever. Pick your choice. You know, you can pick from a long list of stones, the, just a bunch of different pebbles, stones, um, rocks, boulders, crystals, um, sand. I don't give a fuck what it is. It's, it could be all kind of minerals, but uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's not here or there. Um, but yes, that's my only thing on the, on the empathy topic. I mean, let me know what y'all think about, you know, as far as like who, how empathy should be um, dealt, dished out. Um, should it, should it be even or should it be, um, you know, some, some are priority, um, some are less priority. I don't know. Um, but for me personally, that's kind of how I, uh, get a gauge on how empathetic I'm going to be. Um, given my line of work, my empathy is probably at the lowest of levels, uh, because people are, I'm so tired of people, uh, overall, uh, because everyone is their true selves at their living spaces. So they are the worst form of themselves in those cases. They could be the best individual, but when they get home and let their hair down, they are terrible beings. Um, not everyone, but for the most part, people can be terrible beings by the time they get back to the house. But yes, that's not there as well. Um, Yes, yes, that's my. Um, that's for the most part what I wanted to get what I wanted to get across uh, this week. Uh, a few other things that are just like uh, general topics because uh, I haven't really paid attention too much uh, to uh, general uh, public topics. Um, this thing just came across my uh, my ticker though, but um, the Los Angeles County um, just put in a request. Uh, for for Vanessa Bryant and uh, the families uh, to uh, what is it? Sorry, I'm trying to read it right now. Uh, just put in a request for them to take a psychiatric um, exam, uh, submit a psychiatric exam, uh, so that they can determine uh, legally uh, did Vanessa Bryant and the others suffer emotional distress because photos of their dead relatives were shared by. Uh, county fire and sheriff's department employees after the crash or was the emotional distress only from the crash itself um that i just read that and that was just completely crazy to me um i get that it's a i'm pretty sure it's a fairly large uh lawsuit against the uh against Los, against la um but what do you what do, what do you expect you kill kobe you know what i mean you kill kobe and Gigi and um the other uh, folks that lost their life in that in that uh, helicopter crash, you know. Um, so naturally, there's gonna be, you know, somebody that that big of a person uh, to the to the culture and to uh, shoot to the world. Like that, that was a global phenomenon. So uh, that big of a name for sure. There's gonna be some uh, some hell to pay. And at this point, I mean, the way that. Uh, Vanessa has been moving is by all means her and um, and uh, uh, um, shoot I can't think of her name right now I'm so sorry I apologize uh, but Nipsey Nipsey Hussle's uh, widow my bad this is again my brain but um, uh, them two uh, they 
so amazing the way that they've moved um, with the once again sudden change um, and also having children involved uh, that you have to be strong for um, I'm pretty sure that elevates um, your mental capacity uh, when you have somebody else to um, that you have to be strong a strong for it and also um, provide guidance for um, I'm pretty sure that you a whole nother and also being a woman, you know, the and connection to the earth and all that stuff like that. It's, there's a lot of things working there um, that elevates you as a being. Uh, so shout out to them for that. But, yeah, that's just like that's completely that's completely nuts to me um, that they're that they're requesting that they complete a um, psychiatric um, a, a, um, exam uh, eval. Uh, for how they how they're feeling or 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 how, uh, what what they're actually going through, um, as opposed to what they think that they are, you know, um, nobody is just trying to get money out of the county. Um, that that's that's trauma, you know. So that's not like a, that's nothing to play with. But also, they're playing with the wrong individuals. So that, that I would tread lightly, you know. That that's the mafia right there. So I would tread lightly. Um, but yeah, hopefully everything turns out perfectly. I'm pretty sure it is. But um, a few other things before I get out of here. Um, what? Who? <laughs> who's racist via email? Anyone? Like, you got to be a whole nother level of arrogant to write that. Not only arrogant, but a whole nother level of um, like you have to be, it has to be deeply rooted in you, uh, for you to write down racist, um, sexist, misogynistic, um, uh, all of the above to write that, to put that, to, to put pen to pad or to actually type, uh, without having, you know, your, um, you know, a different alias or whatever. You know, folks, folks are racist all day long on, the, on uh, behind their, um, behind their icons on, on Twitter and all that shit or like that. But like to actually do that, like you just got to be a different level of angry, um, and actually that's really got to be rooted to your core uh, for you to be able to write that down and press send. You know, that's it's just it's beyond me. Um, I mean, we can get into the whole uh, private portion of this thing, because uh, best believe that there's something bigger in those emails than what John Gruden did. Best believe that. Um, and best believe that that was the big fish. They just threw a big fish out there for them to, you know, get, get, all, get everybody distracted so they can delete as much information as possible uh, for, and pay off as many people as possible so that more of that shit don't hit the, uh, the light of day. Uh, so, um, I, ca- I call it somewhat unfortunate that, <clears throat> that John Gruden had to lose his job, um, over, uh, some emails. Um, and, but, you know, truth be told, I mean, these things that if you're going to write it down, then you really, you really are asking for it. Um, take it from a person that sends, you know, a hundred emails a day. 
there, I, I just had a situation where I was talking with the attorney and we literally both said, how about we get on the phone? <laughs> you know, like that's how, that's how, that's really what it is. It's like how, like it, it's, it's, it's so easy to just like, I mean, you also got to worry about recordings and stuff like that, but I mean, truth be told, all that stuff is technically technically illegal. You know what I mean? So, like, all of that stuff, without your knowledge, you can't be recorded. But the uh, the leaking portion of things, I get it. The but that's just unfortunate for me that John Gruden had to lose his job for that. But also, I mean, you you said the shit. You know what I mean? And you said the shit for a period of time. So uh, whether it was right or wrong, what you were saying. Um, it was just more so like the not really wanting to see things change. Um, don't want to see the changing of the guard, you know, um, those type of things, which, um, yes, things are changing rapidly. Uh, but that's only because it was so stagnated and stagnant for so long that what do you think happens when people are, are pressed for so long? You know what I mean? Like at some point when the button gets pushed and things switch up best believe it's going to flood the gates and once that opportunity arises because people have been waiting um i wouldn't say i mean low-key patiently but you know there's been generations of folks that have been oppressed uh, that's finally getting um you know the great 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 grandchildren are finally getting um uh you know acknowledged and stuff like that so you know it, it took some time for that to take place uh once again the mind is going off uh last thing uh, actually, two things. Um, and it's, it's music related. Uh, anybody else understand that James Blake is the cheat code? James Blake is ridiculous, man. Like, it makes no sense how good of an artist that man is. And at this point, he's he's perfected sound, like using his voice as an instrument. That he just incorporates different ways of putting that, like incorporating that into, into the music. You know what I mean? Like he uses all the different octaves and then plays around with the, the, like the, the engineering portion of things as well to insert. And he'll like cut the sound of the, like cut the beat off and then enter a sound and then cut the beat back in and, and fade the beat out and then bring the beat back in and then just run just run a rip from there. Like, a, it's, it's fucking ridiculous. Um, so I'll definitely, I recommend going, y'all, y'all going back and listening. If you don't know James Blake or know of James Blake, going back through his discography because it's, it's, it's beautiful pieces of, of work throughout there. Uh, but he finally brought all of that, all of the things that he's been experimenting uh, for the last four projects into the body of work that is Friends That Break Your Heart. This is, for me personally, an instant classic and also a, uh, a, tutorial, it's a tutorial and it's, it's a victory lap and it's, it's all kind of different things as far as like, it's a masterclass on sound on things being pleasing to the ear, pause, 
You know what I mean? Like you, uh, and it's it's no other way for me to say it. You know, like this is genuine for me, as you could tell. Um, but uh, for trust me, James Blake, you're amazing. Listen, listen to that album, please, and let me know what you think. Uh, last thing is D Smoke. It was slept on. I, I didn't. We didn't talk about it when it came out, uh, but uh, he did it again, um, and he upped the game from the last one. So that it was, that was another good ple- uh, piece of work. Um, I don't know if that's gonna get. Um, I'm pretty sure he's kind of on the inside now. Uh, he has people behind him or whatever. So I'm pretty sure it should probably catch a nomination. Uh, but it's you know if you like the first album, if you didn't hear the first album, you should. Uh, but the second album, you hear the growth and actually went more into. Um, his particular L.A. music teacher sound, you know what I mean? Like, it's pretty dope what he decided to do with the second album. Um, and that fucking crossover analogy, West Side, like, I'm looking forward to West Side's, uh, West Side Boogie's uh, album coming up, too. But great, great thing. Um, he also, this is Tamati, uh, he had that uh, John Legend <laughs> We talk about John Legend all the time, like the the the, um, the way that he croons, like it's a specific crew that he has. But uh, he bodied um, the "Stay True" song on that album, on, on that album as well. But if you haven't had a chance to listen to that, definitely do. Uh, but that's all I got. Um, appreciate y'all for listening um, and, and continue listening. Again, continue to listen and uh, big up us and hold us up while uh, we figure everything out. Um, hopefully you like the the new um, the new additions that we've added to the pod, and also anything that we have coming up. Um, I promise that I will get better um, as like I get healthier. Um, but um, I'm getting a grasp on everything, whatever. So um, I think that that's that time is coming. Um, it's it's I'm I'm on that path. I'm on that correct path. Uh, so just wanted to say that. I'm all right. Um, there's no SOS again. Uh, appreciate y'all still trying to figure out my thoughts, uh, but they're coming in as we speak. All right. Appreciate y'all. Love, love. Are we seriously doing this right now? I don't know. Subscribe to this shit. Fuck with it. (laughs) Fuck with it. I love it. (laughs)